Okay, good morning everyone. Let's start the practice. Please sit comfortably and try to keep your back straight as much as possible. And take a few deep long breaths. Breathe in through your nose and breathe out through your mouth. And try to relax your body. And gently close your eyes if you wish. And adjust yourself to get comfortable if you want to move and adjust your body. Please do so. If you're having a hard time to get relaxed, um, think about the word relax and how you feel and take a couple of deep, long breaths again. Settle your body and your mind. It's a beautiful morning and you all are here with a good intent to practice meditation, to develop love and compassion within our own hearts and towards others. Intention is very important when it comes to practice. So make sure to have the same intention throughout the practice and make useful of this time. The foundation of our practice is loving-kindness. Developing love and compassion within our own hearts and own mind. And send it towards others is very important, that's the foundation. But sometimes we have a difficulty of it's ourselves 
building love towards ourselves. But once you feel and the love and compassion, the caring towards yourself is easy to give it to someone else. But at times we have a difficulty of doing that because it could be many reasons. You might not like the way you look or you might not like the way you think, where you feel, where you experience things. How you handle your practice. There could be many reasons. But think about your body and your mind. Think about your own heart. The things it does for you without asking anything back. Think about your lungs, your eyes, your ears. When you think about individually parts of your body and how much it does for you to survive, to experience every single day, to live every single day, we can build a love and compassion with, towards ourselves. Once you build this love and compassion within yourself, it's like a picture frame, you can change the pictures without changing the, the frame, and you can add anybody into the frame, even the people that you don't like, they're hard to get along with. But it needs to start within yourself. So think to yourself, May I be well, may I be happy, may I be peaceful. May I be well, may I be happy, may I be peaceful. May I be well, may I be happy, may I be peaceful, Now send your loving and kind thoughts 
towards your loved ones. Think about the someone in your life you love the most. When you think about this person, you probably have a lot of memories coming to your mind. Now try to understand the feelings that you have it in your heart when you think about this person, the love that you have, the overwhelming happiness that you have. That's the love that we have to build within ourselves and towards others. By little by little practicing this every single day, we all are capable of developing that love and compassion, the kindness. And send your loving and kind thoughts towards your family members, your loved ones, your parents, grandparents, children, husband, wife, partners. May all of my family members, loved ones be well, be happy. Be peaceful. May all my loved ones be well, be happy, be peaceful. May all of my loved ones be well, be happy, be peaceful. Sometimes we have a, a difficult family members or the friends which is hard to get along or develop love and compassion towards. Maybe because you don't like they treat how they treat you or how they talk to you or maybe your past experience. But understand, having a negative emotion, ill feelings towards somebody, all that feelings in your heart, you are the one who's keeping them. By forgiving someone, you are not doing anything for them, you are doing something for yourself. By letting go the negative emotions that you have towards someone. 
That's the benefit of forgiving is healing yourself. So if you have somebody in your life, forgive them. Forgiving doesn't mean forgetting, but you won't let them control your emotions by forgiving them and letting go that negative emotions. It's not easy to do at the beginning, but little by little you can start. If you have somebody in your life, send your loving and kind thoughts. May they be well. May they be happy. May they be peaceful. Finally, send your loving and kind thoughts towards all living beings, human beings, non-human beings. There are a lot of people in the world that are suffering without food, without shelter. May all living beings be well, be happy, be peaceful. May all living beings be well, be happy, be peaceful. May all living beings be well, be happy, be peaceful. If you want to change your posture, 
Please change it mindfully. Now you all have built love and compassion within yourself and towards others and your hearts and minds should be full of love and compassion and positive energies. With that great foundation we can start our mindfulness practice. Now gently start focusing on your breath. Don't force your breath. Let it happen as usual. And gently start paying your attention to each inhale and exhale. Understand that you cannot breathe for tomorrow you cannot breathe for yesterday. You can only breathe for this moment, the present moment. And allow your inhale and exhale to keep you in the present moment. When you breathe in, understand that you are breathing in. When you breathe out, understand that you are breathing out. When you pay attention to your breathe in and breathe out, you will start to feel a subtle sensations. It could be on your top of your upper lips or inside your nostril or it could be down in the belly as it arises with inhale and falls away with exhale. Wherever you feel that subtle sensation, you start to concentrate on that part of your body.
Are you in the present moment? Or is your mind wandering? If you have a mind, it will wander. That's the nature of the mind. Each and every time your mind wandered away, understand and acknowledge that you've been distracted and gently bring your attention back, back to focusing on your breath. We cannot stop mind from having thoughts. Simply observe them and bring your attention back to breathing each and every time when you get distracted. Or thoughts or feeling or sensation or sound. This can happen many times, as many times it happens. Please bring your attention back, back to focusing on your breath.
Please bring your palms together in front of your heart. Make a strong determination to practice this meditation every day, even for a short time. May no harm come to you. May no difficulties come to you. May all of you be well, happy, and peaceful. Thank you so much and open your eyes. We can do our chanting. Start with uh, page four. Namo tasse bhagavato arehato Samma Sambuddhase Namo Dasse Bhagavato Arehato Samma Sambuddhase Namo Dasse Bhagavato Arehato Samma Sambuddhase Buddhang Saranang Gachami Dhammang Saranang Gachami Sangang Saranang Gachami Dutiyampi Buddhang Saranang Gachami Dutiyampi Dhammang Saranang Gachami Dutiyampi Sangang Saranang Gachami Tatiyampi Buddhang Saranang Gachami Tatiyampi Dhammang Saranang Gachami Tatiyampi Sangang Anichavata Sankara Upadvayadamino Upajitva Nirujanti Te Sang Upasamo Sukho Sabbe Satta Avera Hontu Sabbe Satta Abhya Pajja Hontu Sabbe Satta Aniga Hontu Sabbe Satta 
सुखियातानं परिहारंतु मनोपुंगमादम्मा मनोसेठा मनोमया मनसाचे पदुत्तेने बासतीवा करोतीवा तथोनं दुःखमन्वेति चक्कंवहातो पदं मनोपुंगमादमा मनोसेठा मनोमया मनसाचे पासने न बासतीवा करोतीवा तथोनं सुखमन्वेति Chāyāvāna pāyini. Mind is the forerunner of all states. Mind is the forerunner of all states. Mind is cheap, mind made are they, with the clear and confident mind. We believe in generosity towards others. We believe the skillful noble path is marked by generosity. May I become at all time, both now and forever, a protector for those who without protection, a guide for those who have lost their way, a ship for those with the ocean to cross, a sanctuary for those, a lamp for those without light, a place of refuge for those, and a servant for all need. By means of all material deeds, may I never join with unwise, only the wise, until the time I attain nirvana. Good morning again. Did everybody have a good practice? Okay. Um, today our guest speaker is our dear friend Jim. And... Jim, please enlighten us.
Can you hear me okay? I'm not speaking too loud or anything. Um, wouldn't it be great if I could just enlighten everybody just like that? That would be wonderful. Boy. Um, first of all, I want to thank Blue, Blue Lotus Temple for uh, asking me to talk here, talk today. And I'd like to um, share today my experiences with one of the uh, most basic parts of our meditation, and that's uh, the breath watching. I mean, this is the first thing that everybody is, is introduced to, uh, is the breath watching. And um, I've been meditating now, actually since Blue Lotus pretty much started, and um, I've been doing the breath watching in a standard way, which is where, as you know, you focus on the breath, you watch every single detail and nuance of the breath, and you try to keep your attention on the breath. And um, you feel really good if you can not be distracted and hold it there for a while. Uh, and if you, you can't, you bring it back, you know, over and over again. Well, I uh, got really good at it after a while, after months of practice, and... Um, uh, I kind of uh, felt good. I congratulated myself that, you know, I didn't, my monkey mind was was uh, subdued. Uh, but then, I read one day what this Tibetan monk did. He criticized the breath watching. Yeah. And this is what he said. He said that, are you breath watchers? You're you're like a cat watching a mouse hole. You know, um, is this really mindfulness? Uh, is a cat mindful when he's watching a mouse hole? And when I read this, I I, I became uh, uh, I was a little irritated because you know I knew that there were benefits of gluing my attention on, on the breath. I mean, you're calm, you're, you're, you get calm, you, uh, you're in the moment. And also, I mean, it, it's a good practice to be able to concentrate on one thing for a period of time. Nevertheless, I, his statement bothered me. And I, and I, and I thought to myself, am I... Um, Am I missing something here in this breath watching? Um, am I doing it right? Am I really doing it right? So, <clears throat> in the past, if I am unsure of how to work something, you know, like a clock radio or my car or my TV, what's the first thing that we do if, if we get stuck? Well. We try to do it ourselves as much as we can, you know, and then, and then when we hit a brick wall, we go to the instructions, the instruction manual. Um, so I thought to myself, I, I'm going to go to the instruction manual, and I want the instruction manual that is written by the guy who invented this breath watching. Uh, fortunately, there is such instructions um, by the guy who invented it, which is Siddhartha Gautama Buddha. 
Um, and these instructions are in the form of suttas. Now, many of you know what a sutta is. It's basically the Buddhist scriptures. And they're recorded word for word, even though they couldn't write in those days. The monks went through a lot of trouble memorizing it and kept it going, you know, through the decades, centuries. So I went to the Middle Discourses, which is a collection of the suttas. And by the way, these are available on the internet for, uh, for free. I think I got mine for free, and I think they're still for free on, on the internet. And um, lo and behold, uh, there's a sutta, number 118, which is entitled Mindfulness of Breathing appropriate laugh. So this, so I thought, boy, this is exactly what I've been looking for. <laughs> um, so I sat down and I read these instructions just to make sure that I was doing it right and see if that Tibetan monk was wrong. And so Buddha says in number 118 Sutta, he says, the first thing is to go to a quiet spot. Check, I did that in the past. Sit down, did that. Fold legs crosswise, I did that. Although you can sit in a chair also. And then sit up straight. <clears throat> well, I did all of this. But then he came to an instruction that really had to do with the breath watching. And this instruction really stopped me uh, in my tracks. I uh, was surprised about what he said. Um, he said, he, he's, he's giving instructions and telling us how a meditator, how he imagines a meditator should be doing this. He goes like this, he says, Breathing in long, the meditator is aware, I am breathing in long. Now the I am breathing in long is in quotation marks as if the meditator is aware or thinking about this. And then he says, breathing in short, the meditator is aware, quote again, like the meditator's thinking this, I am breathing in short. How many of you have heard this, this uh, sutta line? Few of you? Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty famous. Um, but what I no noticed with this instruction is, is that um, when I watch the breath, I pretty much, all I do is watch the breath, keep my attention on it. And the word I is, is not in my uh, breath watching meditation. Uh, in other words, the um, Buddha's meditator is aware of the details of the breath, whether it's long or short, but he or she is also aware of themselves. So I believe that the breath meditation, according to, to, to Buddha, is less a breath-watching um, exercise, but more of a, a self-awareness, practicing self-awareness. Now, 
How, how important is self-awareness that Buddha may have placed such an emphasis on? How, how important is self-awareness? Well, here is, let's, let's put the, um, an experience off the cushion by somebody in the form of Buddha's instruction. So here, here it is. Um, screaming at her child, the meditator is aware, quote, I am screaming at my child. In the first part of that instruction, screaming at her child, the meditator is aware. Screaming at her child, the meditator is on automatic pilot. She is not self-aware, you know. So the question is, how, you know, how self-aware are we in, in our lives? But this mother, she, she then, at, at a certain moment, she becomes self-aware. And she, she, she's aware that she is screaming at her child. Now she has some space to think about it, slow down, and rectify the situation to increase the happiness for herself and her child and decrease suffering. Um, now here's another one. Let's, let's take the same experience and uh, have this statement. About to scream, about to scream at her child, the meditator is aware, quote, I am about to scream at my child. Um, now, uh, being self-aware before she actually behaves in a negative way, again, she can, she, this is even better, she can, she can uh, prevent uh, this poor behavior. Now, here, here's an example of uh, self-awareness that <clears throat> I use quite a bit, <laughs> and that is, rushing around stressfully, the meditator is aware, quote, I am rushing around stressfully. <laughs> I, this gives me a chance to really um, slow down and um, and uh, not get stressed. Um, I think that I mentioned automatic pilot before, and I think that off of the cushion, I, I'm looking at my own life now, that that I really am pretty much almost all the time, on automatic pilot. Um, my brain will urge some behavior, and I just do it because it feels good. You know, like binge-watching Netflix, uh, ruminating and worrying over something over and over again, um, checking my, my iPhone all the time, uh, or walking in nature and having your mind miles away from, from the nature. I mean, we just do things uh, pretty much automatically. Self-awareness self -awareness allows us to, to stop and say, hey, what am I doing in this moment in my life? What this does is, of course, is, is clarifies um, your experiences in life, and, and that can't but help uh, to increase the quality of your life. So I've been doing what um, Buddha suggested, I think he suggested, and um, when I meditate, I put my attention on the breath, just like I did before, but I also put my attention on myself. And now, maybe some people are thinking, well, you can't really put your attention on 
two things at the same time. But we do it all the time when we're conversing with somebody in an automobile while we're driving. You know, we have our, our attention on two things. I have been doing it. And because I've been doing it over and over on, on the cushion, I, I really believe that my self-awareness has increased over the years so that I, I, I stop myself a lot more than I used to and giving myself time to, to, to think. Now, um, I'm going to stop at this part of my talk and just um, ask, does it, is there any questions about what I'm saying? Does everybody understand this uh, perspective on breath watching? No question. Everybody kind of gets it. Okay, good. Um, so that's good news about self-awareness. There's some not so good news about self-awareness, though, too. <laughs> you know, all of us are humans. We've got these giant prefrontal cortexes, very intelligent animals, so that we we can we have this uh, self-awareness, but what comes along with it is this awareness of our mortality, that we're going to die. And this creates all suffering, especially for older guys like me. There's another downside to self-awareness, and that's self-awareness can turn into self-consciousness, you know, where you uh, say to yourself, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm too skinny, I'm, I'm too this or I'm too that, uh, too fearful, too old, etc. Um, in Blue Lotus here, we have a program from the Dharma that actually alleviates um, these not so uh, uh, good results of self-awareness. Let's take the first one um, on uh, our self-awareness of mortality. By Constantly um, practicing and being aware of impermanence, we get to a point where we know that everything um, changes. And um, everything changes, including our very lives. They're impermanent. And we meditate that we're all organic, just like all sentient beings. And um, we meditate on the natural cycle of birth and death, what's been going on for millions of years. And through this idea of impermanence, we, we can much, we can accept our, mor our mortality so much easier. How about self-consciousness? Okay, when you're self-conscious, what you really are is, is you're harshly criticizing yourself. You're aware of yourself, but you're criticizing yourself. Um, what we just did, what Bhante led us in, in, in the first part of our meditation, is just a thing that cures this particular negative aspect of self-awareness. Um, when we practice kindness towards ourselves, we're less apt to, to criticize ourselves. We, we become our, a friend to ourselves. Now, we may point out something that is, is, uh, could be improved, just like a friend would, you know. But um, this, this practice of, of, 
of um, uh, meta, this meta practice, uh, alleviates this, this problem of self-consciousness. And so the self-consciousness that we experience is turned into just self-awareness, which is beneficial. Okay, um, in conclusion here, this, this, um, this program, this Dharma about self-awareness, um, helps us to manage our minds. And um, the reason it's effective is because, I've often said this, our brains seem to have minds of their own. Um, it's, isn't, it, isn't it true that um, you can catch yourself and, and think, oh, you know, like my brain has its own agenda and it's, and it's pushing me to do something that's not really beneficial for me, you know, like maybe immediate gratification, but it doesn't even think about down the road. Um, and uh, our emotions especially, I mean, they, they push us all over the place and overwhelm us. Um, but self-awareness, that's, that's why self-awareness is, is so important. Uh, but the self-awareness, just like, just like the emotions are a product of the brain, just like the uh, desires and urges that push us, this, this self-awareness is also a product of the brain, which is interesting. It's, it's almost as if it's an adaptation from evolution that causes the brain to double-check itself. To see, to make us, to, to have us make better decisions. You see what I'm saying? Um, so that's the end. <laughs> Do we have any uh, any questions at all or comments? Yes. I know, I, and um, I should have mentioned that because uh, Bhante, when he was leading us in meditation today, he said to be aware of of yourself when you or under what you say, understand um, what you are doing, what you are doing, so understand which is self awareness. So, so um, I guess what I'm saying today is that um, I had put a little bit more emphasis on the self awareness part of the practice rather than sticking my attention on the time, kind of like that cat in the mouse hole. So in a way, I think that that Tibetan monk, um, he, he was partially right. Go ahead, another question? Yeah. Um, 
I would say that, um, yeah, the brain is, our brain is, even though I say that it urges us to do non-beneficial things, there's reason for that, which is probably another talk altogether, but, but really our brain, <coughs> our brains are, are there for our own good. Um, and, uh, you know, just like any other organ. Uh, so yeah. Uh, uh, anything else? <laughs> Is anybody new today? Yeah. Can you introduce yourself, please? Uh, my name is Dennis. Dennis? Uh, thank you for coming and welcome to the temple. Uh, my name is Daniel. Hi, Daniel. Hi, Daniel. Welcome. Yes. Hi, my name is Betty. Hi, welcome. You. Thank you. Welcome. Okay, Tyler. All right. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Jim, I really appreciate your talk. I was, uh, I don't know if you'll experience this, but I felt some bravery there. And I don't, I, and, and here's, here's where I found it. I, I notice over the last few years, we have really taken to a tradition of talking about our own experiences. The monks talk about their own experiences. And I think we've actually, maybe unconsciously, started to avoid referencing the actual teachings. Because I think in our current society, people are trying to strip away some of those old chains from other faiths that maybe they have negative reactions to. So I really appreciate you referencing those and where they actually come from and the source of them. And what we love, what I love about this practice is that we get to hold that right next to the teaching, come and see, don't come and believe. So we get to read the teaching and then decide if it resonates with us or not. And so I really appreciate you offering that. Um, so if I asked everybody on a scale of 1 to 10, how hungry are you, what would your number be? Just, just throw out a number. 6, 7, okay. So anybody beyond a 5, please exit, grab, grab your shoes and head over to the farmer's market, to the Blue Lotus Temple's booth where we're cooking amazing Sri Lankan food. Uh, this is our first foray into... Uh, Farmers marketing and it's going good and bad, which is how all things go. <laughs> so we're really grateful for the opportunity to serve the community. I think we're serving a bigger cause than we even realized because we've noticed that in the process of giving people their food, we're invoking conversation and we're starting to see those people show up here, which is really, really lovely. So uh, it's, it's just serving a dual purpose, which is really nice. Uh, speaking of uh, multiple roles, next weekend is the Pride Festival on the Woodstock Square, specifically on Sunday. And uh, we have a booth there. This is our second year having a booth at the Pride Parade. And I think it's of critical importance. There's a lot of people who need to know that there's a safe place. And at those kinds of festivals, um, faith traditions often don't show up. And so I think it's extra important that we show that we're a safe uh, and welcoming space. So we are still looking for volunteers. I think we've got them in two-hour increments to uh, man or woman the booth. Uh, so if you want to sign up over there for a shift, we'd be really grateful. It's a really fun day, super enjoyable, a lot of love and laughter. And so we'd appreciate any opportunity to serve with that. And uh, really, other than that, we've got a new screen in the shoe room that is now going to scroll through a lot of our activities. So, you know, we have lots of classes, lots of ongoing things. We're all about them. 
while I stand here and get you, get you using up more of your precious time. So check out what's going on over there. Almost everything has a QR code, so you can just take a picture of it with your phone and then sign up from there. Um, and last but not least, I just want to remind everybody that we uh, run this place simply through your generosity, period, end of story, full stop. You can do that in lots of ways. If it's not financial, you can volunteer at the Pride booth. You can help us cook. You can work at the farmer's market. You can help clean on Fridays from 10 to 12. Uh, lots of ways to give. If it is financial that you're able to do so, because of course we need that also, you can give spontaneously in the buckets that get passed around or the one by the door. Uh, but the most beneficial way you can support us is through monthly contributions in a form of a pledge. As you can imagine, it's really hard to run this place without knowing what we can expect. So even the smallest amounts consistently, I actually propose they're more valuable to us than larger amounts spontaneously. Because when we can expect it, then we can really plan and be good stewards of these resources. So please consider signing up for monthly pledging. We're always grateful. Um, and then last but not least, uh, we are in the midst of what's going to become a very large front of the building renovation. We've got some pretty significant repairs needed to protect our beautiful stained glass windows. We're going to be doing a lot of tuck pointing. We're replacing the staircase out front. And we're making um, a new space ready for the Buddha statue that is on its way here that we'll be unveiling in September. So uh, it is very likely in the next three or so, so weeks we'll be asking you to come in through the back entrance. Uh, so just be prepared when you see signs up that we're not, we're not have any intention on closing, but we do have an intention of rerouting you into the building. Thanks, everybody. Enjoy your weekend.